Welcome to the 19th episode of the Balanced Working Moms podcast. This is Rena Misha, and I'm so glad you're here. If you're a busy mom like me who's trying to manage it all and can use some kindness in your life, you're in the right place. In this podcast, you'll hear all kinds of ways to make life calmer, more organized, and most importantly, easier. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this episode. I'm so glad to have you here. Now, I want to know, have you ever thought about the way you talk to yourself? We talk to ourselves all the time, throughout the day, constantly, but we often don't even realize we're doing it. So this is the episode that's going to teach you the art of being kind to yourself. Because, my friend, being kind to yourself is an art. It's actually a skill that takes a little practice. And this is such an important topic because you hear people telling you every day to do self-care, take care of yourself, go do things for yourself. But what about the way you talk to yourself? Do you beat yourself up all day or are you kind to yourself? The topic today is not going to be surface advice. Just like all of our topics, we are going to go deep, 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 and we are really going to explore how we talk to ourselves. And if you haven't heard of self-compassion, which is what we're going to be talking about, I think you're going to be really surprised. I hope you learned so much in this episode and that it really affects the way that you treat yourself and the way you talk to yourself when no one else is listening. to the episodes in sequence, you'll know why we're talking about self-compassion today. And if you don't listen in sequence, it's fine. And the reason why we're talking about it today is because in the last episode, I told you about the retreat that I went on. And in the retreat, I took a week-long workshop on self-compassion. And this class totally changed my life. And I'm so excited to teach you what I learned and bring it home to you too. Before taking this class, I had actually never even heard the word self-compassion in my life. And the reason why I chose it was because I decided I wanted to go to a retreat center called the Omega Institute, and they had a whole catalog of classes. And the description on the class on self-compassion just looked really interesting. It kind of spoke to me, and I felt like it was going to be a really good fit. And the timing was ideal. It was exactly the week that I could get away. So without even knowing what that word meant, I went ahead and I signed up and I was forever changed. I have to tell you the truth. Before the class, it never occurred to me to notice how I talked to myself. It's just something that we do all day throughout the day. We're constantly talking to ourselves. And I never noticed that I did it. But my friend, once I started paying attention, it really wasn't pretty. I could not believe the things I say to myself. I wouldn't even say these things to people that are my worst enemy. Not that I have worst enemies, but should I have them? I would never say these things to them. And I couldn't believe that I say these things to myself all the time. (laughs) What is this? And I remember when I came back from the class and my father-in-law asked me if I would recommend it. And here's what I told him. 
I said, I think this class should be a requirement for every human being because we're all talking to ourselves and we all don't even realize we're doing it and we're saying the meanest things to ourselves. Now, I don't want to say that I went to this class and then overnight I was a different person because that actually wouldn't be real change. So I find the slower the change is, the more it sticks with you. So I didn't come back from New York and I suddenly talked nice to myself. But over time, I'm going to take you through the process that I personally did based on the class. Over time is how I changed. Because the ideas that I learned in the class were so new and so compelling, I literally couldn't stop thinking about them. It was so new to me. And depending on your experience with these concepts, you may be familiar with them, but if you're not, just be prepared for some really mind-blowing concepts here, because these concepts are so simple, yet despite their simplicity, they are the most powerful concepts. They are so incredibly life-changing. And the funny thing is, is I was looking back at my notes, and I hadn't looked at them for many years. And it was so interesting that so many of the concepts that I've already mentioned on other episodes, I learned right here in this class. So after you listen to this episode, you'll understand why I say to you things like, if you're starting with a new habit, don't beat yourself up for not already doing it. Or sometimes I'll say to you, you're perfect exactly as you are. It's because I want you to talk to yourself nicely. Because I personally believe that only from that place of kindness can we make a change. So if you beat yourself up and you say, I'm overweight, I need to lose weight. From that place, you're never going to lose weight because you're being so unkind to yourself. Your body wants to tell you, I'm a good person. (laughs) You know, don't talk to me like that. But when you say, oh, I'm doing a good job, I'm going to do even a little better now. That's when change happens. So let me teach you about self-compassion. And first, let's define it. In my class, it was defined in such an easy way, no technical jargon. Here's how they defined it. They said, it's just treating ourselves like we would treat a good friend. So that's so easy to remember. You treat yourself like you would treat your best friend. We can all think like that, right? That's a totally new way of thinking no technical jargon, just simple. Yet simple is the hardest because we don't treat ourselves like we would treat our best friend. I don't know why. I don't know why it's so common for people to be this way, but we do. We beat ourselves up. It's so interesting to me, and I'm sure you're the same way, that even if we mess up in a very small way, We can beat ourselves up like we did the worst crime. But if it's our best friend who made that same mistake, we would comfort her. We would tell her it's okay. We certainly would not beat her up when she's already down. We wouldn't kick her when she's already feeling badly about something. Yet we do it to ourselves all the time. So I have some homework for you, my friend. You're listening to this podcast. And I want you to start doing something. I want you to start just noticing how you talk to yourself. Because like I started out saying, 
Part of the problem is that we're not even aware that we're doing this. We don't even hear ourselves talk to ourselves, even though it's literally what we're doing throughout the day. We're constantly talking to ourselves and we don't even notice. So I want you to just hear yourself. Pay attention. What are you saying? Is it good or is it bad? Would you ever say these same things to your best friend? And to make this homework assignment a little more fun, I have a free printable. It's in the show notes and you can download it and start tracking the things that you say to yourself. And I really hope that they're kind, but just in case they're not, let's just be aware of them. Let's see what they look like. Now, y'all know that I always have tricks up my sleeve. So with this homework assignment is actually the first step towards self-compassion, and that is to notice. There's a book called Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff, which is an awesome book. I highly recommend that you read it. And in that book, Kristen Neff explains that to have self-compassion, we first need to notice our suffering. Because if we don't notice it or even acknowledge that it exists, we absolutely can't use the tools that I'm going to show you about in the rest of this podcast. And this is actually a harder step than it sounds, which is why we're doing the homework. Because we are actually trained not to notice. So when you feel an emotion in our society today, we're trained to do everything we can to avoid even noticing we had the emotion. We can go on social media, we can eat, whatever it is, there are so many ways to distract ourselves. So that's why if you do even just this one step and notice, you have made so much advancement towards self-compassion, my friend, so much advance. And I am so proud of you for even just noticing because it's hard to notice. You just want to move on with your life. You want to keep going. But to just pause and say, oh, I just told myself that I'm not a good person or whatever it is you told yourself. Maybe I shouldn't say that. It's so interesting. So I think your homework will be very eye-opening and you're really going to enjoy it. And Kristen Neff gives a really funny example about noticing. She talks about a time when she asked a friend if the friend was expecting. (laughs) We all know not to do that, but sometimes we do, right? And she was so embarrassed, right? Because the friend obviously was not expecting. So think about the old way of doing this. You've done it and you're so embarrassed and you beat yourself up. You say, I shouldn't have done that. What was I thinking? And you feel like it's your friend that you asked that needs all the compassion because you were so mean to her. How could you have done that? But let's be kind to you. Let's take you into account now because that really hurt. You're really upset by what you did and you have so much pain. You, my friend, deserve a lot of compassion right now. I'm going to say you may even need it even more than your friend because you're embarrassed, you're shamed, you're one of the lowest emotions possible right now. So you may need someone right now to help you feel better about yourself. What about you? What if you could make yourself feel better about yourself? Wouldn't that be amazing? See, the really cool thing about self-compassion that I love 
is that you're empowering yourself. So throughout our lives, we're told if we're upset, we need to talk to somebody. And that's great, right? That works. That's a wonderful tool. But imagine if you can make yourself feel better. And I remember when they told us that at the class, and I was so happy to hear that because we're always with us. Our friend may not be available or our friend may be hurting herself, but we're always there. So to have that power to do it ourselves, that's pretty high, my friend. That's pretty high. So powerful to be able to make yourself feel better. So step one is to simply notice. Realize how you're talking to yourself. Notice you're feeling badly. Realize what's going on. Okay, that's big. It sounds simple, but it's big. That's step one. Now, step two, I personally believe, is the hardest part of the process. And if you're not there yet, that is fine. If you just do step one, you have made a ton of progress, and I'm proud of you, and you should be so proud of yourself. And I'm sure you're curious what step two is. Step one was to notice, and step two is to allow the feeling. Now, I just have to warn you that in the class, they told us that if you're dealing with something very traumatic or an extremely painful feeling, don't step into here just yet, okay? So do this with a tiny hurt, a tiny thing that you're saying to yourself because you can ease into this. You don't want to take a traumatic event and do this step. But here's the step. So you allow the feeling. Now, I already told you that most of us don't even like to notice the feeling. We'll do whatever we can do to not even notice. But to allow the feeling, we will do 2,000 things more not to allow the feeling. And to allow it means to feel the pain, okay? So what will we do not to feel the pain? Let's go back to the example with Kristen Neff. You asked a friend if she was pregnant and she's not pregnant and you are feeling awful. What do you do? What do you do at that point? So some people may want to eat something delicious. Others may have a bit of a drink. Some people may just try to forget that this ever happened. A lot of us, me included, probably would go on our phone and just try to avoid it. Why are we doing that? It's because we feel really bad. It feels really icky. But here's what we learned in class. And it was so interesting because it was probably one of the biggest truth bombs that I've ever heard in my life. And the teacher said it like everybody knows. So we're going to pause when we say it because here's what she said. She said, what we resist persists. What we resist persists. So anything that we try not to have, that's the thing that keeps coming back and back and back again. And when she said that, I thought about my own life and I thought about everything in life that I try to resist, all the bad feelings, all the things that I don't want. And somehow everything that I do resist, those are the things that keep coming back and back and back again. And now that I know this better, I understand it. It's because when you have a feeling, that feeling, it just wants to be heard. So even a negative feeling, it's there for a reason, my friend. It's not there to make you feel bad. 
You think that feeling, ah, I said she was pregnant and she's not. You think it's there to make me feel bad, but it's not. It's embarrassment or fear or whatever it is. And that feeling, it just wants to be seen. It's almost like it's a little kid. It's there for a reason, probably to protect you so you don't make that embarrassing statement again or whatever it is. And it just wants to be seen. And once you see it, that's when it can go away. So like I said, you don't want to do this for a very traumatic event the first time you're doing it. You may want to do it with help or a therapist. But with a small thing, you could really see how this works. There's another really, really good book on self-compassion that I highly recommend. And it was also required reading for the class. The one by Kristen Neff was required reading, and this other book is also required reading. The book is called The Mindful Path to Self-Compassion, and it's by Christopher Germer. And in the book, he talks about a woman who could not stop blushing. The more she worried about it, the more she did it. It's like if somebody tells you not to think about a pink elephant, (laughs) you just can't stop thinking about pink elephants. So what Germer helped her do was he helped her just to accept her anxiety. Just accept the fact that you're nervous. Accept the fact that you blush. And her therapy was then measured not by how often she blushed, but how accepting she was of it. Now just think for you how that can change everything. If there's something that you try not to do and you just keep thinking, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this you know you're going to end up doing it. But if you just say to yourself, okay, I see that I'm going to do it. It's going to be fine. Think about how that changes everything. That resistance, it's just gone. And then it allows things to just go away. With the blushing, imagine if you just say, okay, I know I blush a lot. I'll be fine if I blush. Imagine how that energy changes. Your shoulders won't be tense. You just allow it and you're fine. And this is true with resisting any pain. If you resist something by drinking, eating, overeating, whatever your techniques, whatever it is you're resisting, it's just going to come floating back. Why? Because like we said, it just wants to be heard. The emotions are there for a reason. My friend, I promise. The purpose of your emotions is not to upset you. I know sometimes we feel like those emotions are just there to make us crazy, but they're not. Think of them as a little kid. They just want to be heard. And what happens like a little kid, if you don't hear it, it's like a little kid screaming. So you bottle it up by avoiding it and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then when it comes out, whoo-hoo. <laughs> Again, why I told you not to do this with a traumatic event, because once it comes out, it's pretty big. But if you hear it when it's tiny and small, it's so much easier. That's my little tip for you. Just hear it when it wants to come out. It's going to just be so much easier. So once you feel the emotion, then it can dissipate and just go. Just let it go, right? Like that song, let it go. All right, so so far we've been through two steps. The first one was notice. The second one was allow. And here's the third and final step according to the way I do it. And the third and final step 
is to then have compassion for yourself. Here's where the word self-compassion comes in. And of course, you can't have compassion unless you've done the first two. You have to first notice it's there. Allow that feeling. And then what do you do with all that? That's the self-compassion part. That's where you talk to yourself nicely. That's where you talk to yourself like you would talk to a really good friend. And this is going to look different for every person. In my class, we learn lots of meditations to do. One of my favorites was a loving kindness meditation. And if you go onto the app that I'm always recommending, Insight Timer, that app has a ton of guided loving kindness meditations that you can do. So here are some other things that I can do after I felt the emotion. So I may just touch my heart and breathe. So I'm just feeling the emotion and I'm being kind to myself. I may actually say something kind to myself like, I'm so sorry she said that to you. Or I'm so sorry that happened. Or whatever it is, I would just talk to myself just like a good friend would talk to me. Another thing I may do is I may create an affirmation that I could say to myself anytime I think of this scenario, so that when I think of this scenario, I'm not upset. I'm now empowered. But for you, you could do anything. It's whatever works for you. So we've gone over the steps on what to do. So I have to confess to you that I actually regret choosing this topic. I know it's such an important topic. How can I regret picking this topic? And I'll tell you why I regret it. Because once you state your intention to the universe, the universe is going to help you. So I had something so incredibly difficult happen to me. And it was so funny because after it happened, my husband even told me, he said, you know, this happened to you so you could teach other people. And I actually got a bit upset at him because it was so hard, but he was right, like he always is. So I'm going to tell you the example, and it's actually, it's a little hard for me to share because it's so personal, but I feel like it happened right after I declared that this was going to be my topic, and I feel like it was for a reason, and it's really going to show you how I used the steps in my own life. And before I tell you what happened, I just want to caution you and tell you I've been doing this for a really, really long time. So the way that I dealt with it is just because I've had a lot of practice. So don't compare yourself to me. You may also choose a totally different way to deal with things. And that is beautiful. That is fine. But I really believe by sharing this very personal story, it's really going to show you how to use self-compassion. Before I've been telling you, and now I get to show you. What a beautiful thing, right? All right, so here's the story. So I was in a scenario where somebody said something to me that was really, really mean, really, really mean, and it wasn't even true, and it wasn't right. And other people then followed what this person said, and they even shook their head at me, and it was so difficult for me because I'm telling you, it wasn't true. But it put me in a really, really bad place. It was embarrassing. It was around several people. And it put me in a very bad place. Like I said, I was really tested for the story to share with you. 
So let me tell you what I did. So the first thing is, as soon as it happened, I noticed that I felt really bad. I even noticed that I wanted to cry right in front of this group of people. I just wanted to cower into a corner and cry. So I did step one. I noticed. But I knew that I had to get to step two very, very quickly because I didn't want to cry in front of all these people, right? So I knew that I had to feel the pain because I noticed I was in a lot of pain. So as soon as I was able to, I went on a walk. And in the walk, I didn't listen to music. I didn't listen to a podcast. I purposely just noticed my pain. So I noticed where it was in my body. And on my walk, the more I walked, the more my stomach hurt. And usually, I mean, I walk all the time and nothing, thank God, usually hurts. So my stomach was really, really hurting, like crazy hurting. Like I hadn't walked in three years. It was almost like a muscle pain. And I thought, okay, that's where the pain is physically on my body. So I tried to do step three at that point. And I tried to talk to myself nicely. I tried to do a forgiveness meditation. I tried to do the compassion part. But I wasn't ready yet because the pain was so intense. It was public. It was embarrassing. It was so intense. So I just decided to live in step two for a bit. I knew I wasn't yet ready for step three. So then I talked to my husband and I told him what happened. And I have to tell you the truth. It didn't actually help me that much. So getting it out it didn't really help me because that's not how I personally heal. Like I said, we're all different. So for you, that may be more powerful. But for me, that didn't help. So for the rest of that evening, I stayed in step two. I just felt like I was in pain. I kept noticing. And then towards the end of the evening, I journaled about it. And that actually made a huge difference. Because what it did was it took me to a much deeper place of noticing what happened, almost back to step one. Because when I journaled, I really saw what had happened. And that was shame. And at the time, I didn't realize that that was what they did to me. These people shamed me. And if you're not aware of the levels of feeling badly, shame, my friend, is the lowest level. It's the hardest to recover from. And that's where I was. And when I journaled, I saw what was going on, that I was in shame. So I created a mantra for myself. And I said to myself, I forgive you to the people who did this to me. And I love myself. Because when somebody puts you in shame, it affects your self-confidence. Or it could, right? It affects who you are. And then once I journaled and I created this affirmation, I felt much better. So this affirmation was step three. It was talking to myself nicely. And then I went to sleep. And when I woke up, I said the affirmation to myself right away. And I changed it without even realizing it. And the way I changed it was I said to myself, I forgive you. And I love myself even more. You see? Overnight, my brain processed what had happened and it helped me come up with an even stronger affirmation because I know I can go back and these people can do it to me again. So remember what we talk about, what you resist persists. 
So if I go in, every time I talk to these people, if I go in with this energy of, I don't want them to say these things to me, don't say them. If I do that, y'all know what's going to happen, right? They're going to do it more. But if I go in with this energy of, I forgive you, it's fine if you say it. Well, no, I wouldn't say it's fine if you say it, but I forgive you for saying it. And every time in my mind, every time you are mean to me, every time you say these kinds of things to me, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to love myself even more. Isn't that strong? Isn't that powerful? So these people, I'm sure by mistake, were trying to tear me down. But you know what? Every time they try to tear me down, I'm going to be even stronger. And that feels amazing. And this is very raw. This just happened this week. But let me tell you, in the future, my plan is to send these people so much love and so much compassion. Because why would they say such a thing to me? I'm a very nice person. You all know that about me. The things they said were not correct. Why on earth would somebody say something so mean to somebody who doesn't deserve it? Yet people do that all the time. And they need compassion. They must be so stressed in their life right now to have said such a thing to me. How are they doing? Do they have these tools that I'm teaching you now? I'm guessing, my friend, well, I can tell you for sure, they don't. They don't have these tools that you and I are so lucky to have now. And they need my compassion. They need my love. They need my forgiveness. They do not need this energy where I'm like, oh my God, don't say this to me again because you're going to tear me down. That is a very low energy. I don't want that for myself. I don't want it for you. So do you see how I used these three steps? Not even in order all the time, but I use these three steps to bring myself to compassion. And by doing that, I'm able to extend compassion even to people who weren't nice to me. Because I don't want my heart to be filled with hate or resentment. I don't have room for that. I don't have time for that. And you know what? I'm a mom and I don't have energy for that because that takes so much energy, right? Too much energy. You know what easy energy is? Easy energy is love. That's easy. If I look at them and I love them and I'm already ready to forgive them, even before they've said anything to me. That's what I want for you. So I hope that by me being raw and giving you this example, you can see the power of self-compassion because it helps you. And I really believe it helps everyone around you. Wow, this was a really big topic. And I hope that you got so much out of it. And don't forget the homework sheet so you can record what you're saying to yourself because that is so powerful. Remember, if you do only that one step and start noticing what you say to yourself, that will take you on the path in the future for starting to talk to yourself nicely, to be compassionate to yourself. So I'm sending you so much love. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And I wish you only the very best. Catch you next time. So step one was allow. Step two was, (laughs) that's totally backwards. Let's try this again.